Okay, we are folks back in episode 21 of the Silly Goose Gang podcast. And tonight we're joined by Gareth Timmins, a former Royal Marines commando, a owner of Becoming the Not 0.1% and performance coach at Fortitude Elite. So thanks for joining us, Gareth. Thank you very much. Cheers for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. I think, um, did I read that you used to play a lot of rugby league as well? Is that right? Yeah, I did, mate. I did. I uh, I started playing really young when I was about seven years old uh, and kind of that was kind of like all I wanted to be. My dad was an ex-professional rugby league player with a strength and conditioning coach at Cass when I was born and I'd always been kind of surrounded in that environment. So when I got to, yeah, it's all I wanted to be. I just I just wanted to be pro and make that a career and and, and I, I did. Uh, I turned pro quite young, uh, I had a few professional games and uh, it just just didn't seem to work out. It just, uh, for, for, one and, for one and different reasons, I just had quite a bit of adversity there. It's um, a proper, uh, a proper uh, tough sport. Um, uh, my, dad's from, uh, my dad's from Bolton, Gareth, so I was kind of forced to watch some rugby league when I was growing up because my dad said, well, you know, if you're from, from the North West, you had to watch rugby league, so he made me watch yeah, rugby yeah. league. So. It's a, a proper, proper uh, man sport. Yeah, yeah mate, I, I, uh, I, mate, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely dedicated me, like dedicated my life to it. I had, I had kind of no plan B. I didn't do very well at school as a result because uh, I thought that that's what I was going to do. I was bent on doing it. Uh, went to Leeds, went to Bradford first, and they said I wasn't big enough. Uh, and then I went to Leeds, and I had a great time at Leeds. But again, a lot of it's timing. Uh, and and you you have to have a certain element of luck and I mean and looking back I just didn't have the I didn't have the speed the killer speed to exploit the game that I needed to at that level so there were quite a, a lot of kind of variables that, that went into it and I just I just lost love with the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But looking back I think looking back that definitely set me up for uh, although it was like massive significant failure in my life it definitely set me up for for going on to the Marines. These, um, I think, you know, one of these things, and you know, a lot of kids now don't uh, don't understand this is um, those big failures are the thing that push you on. That's yeah. That drive you hundred um, percent. No. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, you're completely right, mate. I mean, it was a significant failure in my life, or, or how I perceived that to be, uh, and I just felt like my life had ended. I'd lost my purpose and. All my life, really, I'd had physical contact. Uh, and as soon as that were like kind of pulled away and I lost my purpose and I had no direction where I wanted to go for about two years, I was just out drinking and fighting constantly every weekend. It was just, it was getting to, to the point where police would literally be at my house every weekend and they knew me by my first name. It was just getting stupid. Uh, and I knew I had, I had to mix it up. And I were always really really ambitious in that period but I just the energy that I, that I'd normally get expended in in rugby just had nowhere else to go so it, it, it was quite a strange time and my old man and my dad never he, he never he never sat me down and explained what was going on I, I kind of had to work it all out for myself I had no real mentor really it was it was quite bizarre looking back now now I'm a father myself yeah yeah I suppose as you say it's those things in the moment you look back, or at the moment, <clears throat> the worst thing that could possibly have happened. But looking back in the long run, it's obviously worked out all right for you in the 
in the longer stretch where we ended up going. Yeah, it absolutely has, mate. And 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 if I can, if if I do look back now and, and look where I am, rugby were never really my were my, were my path. This was always my path. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I always liken kind of my plight in, at rugby being like kind of like swimming against swimming against the tide. That's how it felt. It didn't feel natural and where I, where I should have been. Uh, whereas as soon as I went went in the Marines, it kind of it all started sitting into place, and I, I thought this is this is what I should be doing. I, I got some success in the Marines and slowly built on training and training. Before you know it, I got my cap comfort, and and before even then, you're going into the commando testing, and all of a sudden, I passed out. So. It definitely was a massive, I see it anyway, as it was just preparation. It was preparing me for the Marines. It was just a, a real catalyst for, for yeah, where I ended when up. You're, when, you're, when, you're young, when you're young and you're only interested in, uh, in getting drunk and, you know, when you're in that phase, it's difficult to see five, <laughs> yeah. ten years down the line. Do you know what I mean? We've all been there. We've all been, we've all been young lads. And mate, we have, yeah. Out, out chasing, chasing women and fighting and getting drunk and falling out of that, nightclubs. Mate. That's it. That's that was that was my uh, that was my like mod, modus operandi, mate. That was me every weekend. I'd do a couple of days work at a local uh, a local sports centre called Lightwaves Leisure Centre. I played rugby on the side. Then when the rugby stopped, I still continued to do some work at a, at a leisure centre as a lifeguard. Uh, I was the worst lifeguard in history because I just had no. <laughs> I had no interest in it at all. I was terrible, absolutely horrific, just terrible work ethic and just absolutely thought I was just a complete down and out loser. And then uh, when I kind of said I was going for the Marines, everybody kind of laughed at me and just thought I were a bit of a joke. But that were all because of how, how my behaviour, I think, prior to that and just my attitude for work. I would never... I had to do something of purpose and, and mm. something that meant something to me. I could, I could, I, I just desperately didn't want to be average. No, definitely. Yeah. How old were you when you went down to Limston then, Gareth? Yeah, so I tried to go down, mate, when I were 18. Uh, I, I did, I passed an initial fitness test and then did a, a, a psychometric test uh, and I failed on maths. Uh, and, and, and again, that were another thing. I never, applied myself academically at all and failed on my maths and I had to wait 12 months, which which killed me, absolutely broke me. It was like my life run old again. Uh, but I, I I had a, like a, uh, you could call it a private ma- uh, a, a private maths tutor that, that, that taught me maths for a year, uh, who, who, who was my actual boss at, at Lightwaves Leisure Centre when I were a lifeguard and I just absolutely dedicated myself to getting better at maths and then I reapplied and then I went down when I was just before my 20th birthday to do my PRMC. Right. Uh, you, uh, pre... Dental uh, role course. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only, the only reason I know is I went down in 1999 for it. That's why... Yes, mate, absolutely. You said in, in your uh, in your, in your your initial comms, mate, what happened, what happened there? Basically, my knees are shot. I've had 13 knee operations between my two knees. Really? I played... I played rugby union as opposed to league being up here in the central belt of Scotland. Right. Uh, and basically I was 14, 15, round about that neck of the woods the first time. Did the old classic, planted a leg to cut inside, fullback came through my knee, my body went one way, the knee went the other and just destroyed everything in my knee. And Same happened to me, mate. Yeah. And then it changed ACL. Together. 
I did my ACL, PCL, MCL, meniscus, all in a one. The full menu, mate. I bet you were like Forrest Gump after one, you mate. I was. And then, stupidly, as, as you were saying, when you're, when you're 16 and 17 and think you know it all, all the highly paid orthopedic surgeons in the NHS were telling me to rest for 18 months. Three or four months down the line, I thought, that feels all right. I think I can play on that. And I couldn't play on that, but lo and behold, I found it out during the game when I tore it again. <clears throat> so basically, my knees fell apart, eh? So mm, I, never yeah, ever, yeah. I never ever made it, basically. My knees just wouldn't allow me to, to continue on. But yeah. I, still have, I still have fond memories of Woodbury Common in the bottom field and Peter's Pool and the sheep dip oh. and the tunnels and... <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just it's just next level down there. Yeah. It's... It, it, yeah, it's just, just. I can remember going down for my PRMC, and you just feel like you're you're on a, a one way ticket to hell kind of thing. And I've always likened it to like being on a roller coaster, really, especially going down to start training, where you get strapped in, i.e., you're on the train, and you, you you're heading down south to to Limston, and technically you can get off, but you can't, and and you just you're on that you're on that one way yeah. journey to. Uh, there's like severe, severe discomfort and a, 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 an absolute change in, in, in your life and your autonomy. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. What was the, um, what was the thing that made you want to, to, to sign up, uh, Gareth? Was it, was there something in particular that made you go, I want to go and try this or? Yeah, it was. Well, my dad was, uh, my dad spent 17 years in the Navy. He were a PTI and a diver. Uh, and my mum was also in for five years, Back in the day in the Navy, she she were a wren. So uh, I kind of knew that, obviously, that's what the dawn, it never really, it would never ram down my face to go in the military. Uh, I'd always said no up until I actually kind of pulled the trigger on it. But uh, my granddad had always said, look, if rugby don't work out, you want to think about the Royal Marines. But it just seemed like an impossible task kind of thing. Mm. It just seemed quite impossible and daunting I didn't really give it much thought and then two things happened really I watched a film called Antoine Fisher with Denzel Washington in believe it or not uh, and I really liked that and, and that were about Navy life uh, and then one day I was sat with, with my best friend and we'd been we'd been drinking all night and I mean this were about six seven o'clock in the morning and uh, we were like flipping through the channels and Sky News came on and it showed you Royal Marines or, or SBS looking for uh, Saddam's sons uh, and all, like for all weapons and everything. And I was just like, that's 100% what I want to do. That That's that's what I want to do. I want to go straight out to war. And literally the next day, I phoned Leeds Careers Office up and, and started that process. It was as quick as that. Uh, and just that just that kind of one exposure to, to Sky News kind of changed my life, really. That's crazy. It's one of yeah. those things that, like, like you've almost said, it was almost like it was your pathway that you were yeah. always going to take that, whether you, you know. Mate, I, honestly, I, on, I honestly think I, I honestly think I was. I mean, I'm not a religious person at all, or or or, or into into kind of anything like that. But uh, it it just seems like fate, and there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that are just like it just has to be meant to be. I, I just I've got yeah. no other words for it, and I just think that. I'm so grateful that it didn't work out at rugby, and that I, that I that that I had that really really early like failure, if you want to call it that, adversity, 
and that I went on to doing what I'm doing now because <clears throat> with, a beco- with, with becoming and fortitude and bringing the book out, it's just, for me, it's, I've got so much passion in that. And mm. my rugby career would have finished now with me being yeah, 35. Yeah. And there's not a lot of options for, 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 for ex-rugby league players unless you've been su- significantly successful and you've done well with your money. But everybody has to go on and work and, and pe- lads do struggle and... I don't know, mate. I just, I just feel so grateful that that, that 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 never happened, and that I did take this route because I'm, I'm, I'm truly grateful for that. Yeah, it's, um, I can kind of relate to that uh, myself. I, I'd, um, I had uh, some friends die when I was 18. I went on a, a downward spiral for a few years, and wow. um, and I had uh, one of my one of my best friends. He eventually got me to go to boxing. And, right. Um, so I went to boxing, and, and like you're saying, things that you know when you first start and you go for your first session, you can't skip, you can't do anything, and you're, you're very like, true, seems, mate. This, this this seems really difficult. Um, so kept you know kept working away, and it, it just started feeling natural. And then, you know, four years later, uh, I had boxed for Scotland and stuff. I'd, you know, I've got a sparred army team and all these kind of things. I know a lot of those guys. That's amazing, uh, and, mate. Amazing. And then, and, then, and then from there, just exactly what you're saying, you know, all, everything from but I, I got bored of boxing in the end, um, but all those, you know, overcoming all those obstacles and, and it give you the confidence then to go and go. I, I can run a marathon. I can do a triathlon. I think I could try jiu-jitsu. And then you start going, and then it transfers into everything. You go, well, why mate, can't it, we do? It, why can't we do a podcast? Why can't? I mate, it, it's it's absolutely true, you know, lads. It, it really is. It. it Confidence is absolutely the catalyst, and, and 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 eliciting that confidence and building on it is is the power of that is unbelievable. I mean, mm. when I launched becoming uh, the one percent in the book, I did it after a few drinks one night. I had a bit of Dutch cruise, and I thought I'm going to launch it because the risk in terms of people looking at my content and and passing judgment on my interpretation of training for me is massive because people can be like you're talking shit mate or 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 really criticize me so i like kind of press send on 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 the book and 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 it, and it went absolutely nuts and that then gave me the confidence to start posting a bit of content and then once people were like this content's mega like it's, it's brilliant mm. that then they give me the confidence then to keep going and going and going and that's kind of where i am today i mean it, it if not it, it's just a series of small events where you, where you build your confidence and you get that momentum, but yeah. you do have to kind of come out of your comfort zone a bit, don't you? Do you do you do you feel now, Gareth, like like you you know you're kind of you know you're on a roll and you kind of feel like fucking I could I could do anything. I feel like I could you know achieve anything just because the, the momentum builds, your confidence builds. You realize you know at some point there's a realization in your head. You go. I'm not actually. I'm actually not a fucking idiot. I can actually do all of this stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Capable, and then it just builds and builds and builds, and then, do you know what I mean? You Ab- like- mate, mate, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I always said that I would, I would eventually. I've always been like quite entrepreneurial, and I've all, I, I love business, and I've always said that I will, I will do something that'll, that'll, that'll be good, that'll be, that, that I'll, that I'll hopefully make a difference, and, and this is it. It's completely blindsided me. Like the book, whenever. If you would have said to me in school that you'll write a book, uh, yeah. Yeah. you you would have been absolutely joking. I couldn't read until I were about, I don't know, eight or nine, ten years old. There used to be like a special bus that used to rock up for me. 
and I'd get on this white transit van and it took it used to take me to us like a like a secure reading unit in Crofton and they'd, they'd like they'd sit me down and say this says the, the at, at it would just really basic stuff that that's how much I like I couldn't read I'd like definitely I don't undiagnosed ADHD or, or something of, of, of that kind of ilk but but yeah yeah just 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 crazy crazy yeah yeah I know the feeling man I've got there's so many things in in my life where I could look at them and go you know let's say from day one at boxing somebody said you you box for Scotland one year you go fuck off exactly exactly yeah I always liked the idea of a triathlon and if somebody said you know like you can do a triathlon and you go fuck no chance now I've done multiple yeah yeah, Iron Man stuff. You go, nah. And then, yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, we had we had talked about doing a podcast, like we we're saying before. And you go, I don't know. That seems like I don't think. Yeah. And, and then you do it, and you go, actually, you know, this is quite good. It's good fun, and it, and and it just builds confidence. And then you become a more complete person. And then you you try sure. and help the people sure. people around, try and help the people around about you. And then you you know what I mean. You just build everybody else up, and it's uh, sure. Cool thing. It's another another thing with 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 a fate on on the fate topic as well, and, and and I suppose you could call it timing as well. I mean, I started started doing uh, forensic psychology in 2014, a six year course, and I've just finished it now. Uh, and it's been it's been it's been an amazing journey. I've learned so much, and it's it's benefited me no end. But in terms of the timing of it, it's like. When just as I was finishing, my publishing agent said, "Why don't you just put thirty-three lessons of psychology from each week and into the book?" And it's I couldn't have done that without doing the course. Yeah, and and I can only really put them credentials onto the book by finishing the end of the by finishing the end of the degree, which has just happened. Mm. So in terms of timing of them two like projects coming together, it's it's absolutely crazy. I just saw your video today. You posted about you were talking about the publishing agent making that recommendation of the the thirty three lessons, kind of one a one for each week that you were at Limston. I take it that's where sure. the came from. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that idea. Love that idea. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, he, uh, what happened was it took me ages to get well years to get a publishing agent. I, I first sent off for a pub, to publishing agents out of a massive a massive book called the Artist and Writers Yearbook. It's like the Bible. And a bit like a yellow pages kind of thing. And you have to go through and you highlight people that are into your genre or, or, or and then you send off like, they've all got particular submissions that they want to see, first couple of chapters or a cover letter, a synopsis. I sent off to 50 people and got no response. Uh, and then I had like, it's so, so difficult to get a, to get a, a publishing, a, liter- a literacy agent. It's, it's ridiculous. And then I was speaking to... Ben Williams, I'll give him a, a bit of a shout out. He's a fantastic guy, ex Royal Marine, like me. He's, he's bringing out a book called The Commando Mindset in in, in January, which is the, the four pillars of, of leadership. And it really, really fantastic guy. And he said, Look, speak to my agent, but I can't make any promises. I've referred people to him before, and, it, and he's, he's always kind of, for want, for want of a better term, chinned him off. He's just, and I spoke to him briefly, and he went, This is an an unbelievable idea. I, I love it. He said, would you consider doing, writing the lessons in? And, and straight away I thought, this is just brain damage. Do you know what I mean? This is just like, oh, God, just when you think you've finished a project and then you've got all this to do. And and 
weirdly enough, I wrote two in what I took. I wrote two lessons in one day, and straight away I thought this is going to be unbelievable. It just like the first the first week I discussed uh, recruit Nero, who were a big six foot four guy with with two front teeth, missing boxer. And I've just put like recruit Nero and uh, a construct of masculinity. Then I broke masculinity down and how it how it can provide a false a false a false element of perception and, and stuff. So it's just made it multi layered now. It's it's just really mm. really really brought it to life. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, just for, for anyone listening, where, just I, I know it from from obviously following you, but just for anyone that's listening that's unfamiliar, where does the becoming zero point one percent come from? Because I, I loved it when I when I first read it. I thought it's a great a great thing looking back to. Yeah. So absolutely. So like around the time when I were like kind of exposed to the Royal Marines, and when I was kind of intrigued by it, when I when I kind of thought it were an impossible kind of task, is when they had the two thousand and one advert where you've got the young lad running across would be common and he's like he's obviously doing the endurance course and they're like there's all the you can hear all the shouting from like the the the, the ds or the training team and they're like get him and shove him into the into the uh sheep dip and he gets stuck in there and it's just where'd you quit where'd you quit where'd you quit and then obviously 99.9 percent need not apply mm. not, yeah uh so I just I just said a thought. I just thought, well, I'll call it the becoming the not point one percent, because I think at, at that time the stats were that when somebody walked into a careers office or called a, a careers office up, there were a not point one percent chance of them getting a green beret come the other side. It were an actual statistic, uh, and I thought there were no greater no greater name to call it that. Is that still is that still the the number? 0.1%. Is that still the number of, of uh, success? I'm not sure, mate. I, I couldn't quote you on it, but I'm, I, it, will, it won't be far off. It, it won't be far off. It, I mean, there, there's so many people drop out uh, before they've even got to the PRMC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, and then even after the PRMC, there's, there's some lads, believe it or not, that go down on the train to start training and don't get off the train. They just go back home. Yeah. See, this is the way my my fucking idiot brain works. My idiot brain now goes, why are you going to fucking sign up? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way my idiot brain works. Like, oh, 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 can I do it? <laughs> well, that's what I will like, mate. And, and you know what? I just... I just... You, you do not think you can do it. And I didn't think I could do it. Uh... I mean, I, I I joined. I had a ruptured crucial ligament ACL that needed an operation. Uh, I had ex- eczema and asthma, uh, and I didn't say a word in my medical. I got all the way through, and and I just thought, you know what? I'll just give it a, my best shot, and even if I do ten weeks, it's going to make me a better person. Yeah. But obviously, I didn't want to come home and fail. I, did, I I was so desperate not to fail again in my life because I thought if I do fail again, I know what that'll mean. It, I, I, the way that I were going were, were, were just were just prison. Absolutely, I just I was just on a really really bad collision course with with, with, with kind of with the justice system, and uh, and yeah, I mean even 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 when you get to like your commando test and you do your thirty miler, you don't actually know you've completed training until you've done it until you've crossed that bridge on your thirty miler, and you've got your green beret uh, because you can get injured at any time. You something can go wrong at any time. 
What yeah. um, what what are you carrying on on that? I think you've got a full uh, a full pack on. Yeah. So on your uh, on your on your commando t- on your when you do your test, you've got twenty one pound plus your weapon. Uh, problem is, I mean, as soon as you go through like Peter's pool or like through the sheep dip, everything just fills up with water and you weigh right. an absolute ton. Yeah. Uh, and at, at the start of training, if somebody puts £21 plus a weapon on you in boots, yeah. to think that you have to do all your testing that way alone is just mind-blowing to you. It, it, yeah. it feels impossible. But to answer your question, mate, on the 30-miler, uh, I had around £51, £54 plus my weapon. Uh yes. And I, were, I had an hour's sleep just before 30 miles because I was that kind of anxious. Uh, and kind of the mentality that I were at, I just thought, I don't care if I don't go to sleep. I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to, I'll still do it. I'll still give it my best. And after the first mile, I was absolutely in the hurt locker. Mm. You, kind of, you kind of like go up a hill that, that veers off to the right. Uh, and I, just my shins and my ankles and my legs were just, it were just horrendous. And I can remember getting to like 12 mile checkpoint and I was broken, broken physically and mentally. And, uh, and I hadn't even got halfway. Uh, it's just such a, a, a mental onslaught is, is the 30 miler. So do you, so when you're doing that, I'm assuming, you know, you said this is a checkpoint, but I'm assuming if something went wrong in that point, you'd have to phone somebody. Would that be, would you have to sats, you know, use a, a phone or a sat phone or whatever to call somebody to come and get you? Is that, is that what would have to happen? Yeah, so what happens, mate, is uh, you have, you, you do you do the 30 miler in your section. So there could be three or four sections uh, mm-hmm. of, of about, I don't know, six or eight guys. And your section corporal leads it, he nabs it for you. So you just have to follow him, but he, right, you, right, keep right, his, right. you keep his pace. Uh, and when you get to the checkpoints, mate, uh, there's normally like safety wagons and other people there in support. So you, you get like warm drinks and gels and Cornish pasties and sausage rolls, all stuff just to keep you going. You have a brief yeah. stop and then you crack straight on. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, some of the checkpoints are actually graves where lads have died doing it. So you, you get there and you have a, you have a little a little toast and a little salute to them and then you crack on. So it's it's pretty, yeah, it's it's, it's an unbelievable thing. So it just becomes a point of just put one leg in front of the other and, and keep moving. Mate, that is, that is, that is exactly what it is. I mean, I can remember on the last, on the last six miles of it, I, uh, and this is in the diary, I, I had to, I was so exhausted, I was hallucinating and I had to pull myself up like this, a really like steep field with, on a downed barbed wire fence and I'd pulled myself all the way up it and like ripped all my hands to pieces but that's kind of how desperate and unrelenting I was to, to try and succeed and I got to the top and I was just all over the lads had left me at that point I would I would bang on going to fail it and the PTI dropped back and he said look unless you unless you square yourself away you, you, you're not going to pass and uh, I ate a boatload of Jaffa cakes believe it or not and it absolutely <laughs> Changed the game, mate, and I just caught the lads up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. The the, the power of the mind's amazing. When you, you know. it, yeah, it really is, mate. Keep, yeah, keep yeah. keep pulling on. Yeah, was it, yeah. Was it yourself, Gareth, talking about distances? And I'm sure. I apologise if it wasn't on yours, but you'd put up on your social media about running from Speen Bridge. Uh, for the no, mate. Memorial. 
No, I must have oh, been. Oh, yes, I did, mate. I did. Yeah, I did. Spinners. The only reason I bring that up is because... Absolutely, yeah. My, my granddad was in the Marines for 28 years, which is where the kind of inspiration for, for myself came from. And it was yeah. during the Second World War through the 50s and into the early 60s. And I remember him telling me when, when I was like like a tiny little kid that he did the run from the, the train station. From the train station, yeah. In his up to, up to at, at, at the carriage. Oh. He did it in his parade boots. I remember him mate, telling me. Mate, mate. I know that area amazing. Where do you run from? So you run from the train station at Springbridge uh, and you run to Aknakari House, which is, I believe, about seven miles. Uh, and basically, don't quote me on this, although I have quote, I have documented it accurately in the, in the diary. But in order to become a commando and start commando training, you had to stop on the train station jump off in, in drill boots and your kit and you had to run from the train station to Atnikari House seven miles in under an hour. And if you did that, then you could start commando training. Uh, but So every every year they do the anniversary, the, the, the Atnikari Speed March. And uh, in, in true core tradition, when I were in training, uh, sorry, when I were in, 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 in my unit up in Scotland, they went, right, lads, you're doing it in two weeks. And we've done no training at all. So we're getting all this, like, panic training in to get ready for this this uh, this speed march. And no word of a lie, lads, it was it absolutely leaping. It was the, one, of the, it, one of the hardest physical things I've ever done. Yeah, is that going through, is that, sorry, is that going through uh, fields and all this kind of stuff? I, I, no, you, 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 are, you are on a road. You, you're on a road, mate, yeah. Yeah, but... The first mile, the first mile, mile and a half, is up is up a steep hill. It's up a hill that never ends. Everything's uh, up a hill, Scott. Everything's up a hill. Oh, mate, <laughs> fucking! Even, I literally even the, even the downhills are uphill. <laughs> mate, I ran up it, and I must have been in like say top twenty people at that time, and there were loads of people doing it, like hundreds of people. I were in top twenty. I'd gone off like an headless chicken, just smashing it. I got a quarter of the way up the hill and I, my posture went from being all like fit and, and looking mega athletic to like, to being, by the time I'd got to the top of the hill, I was like bent like for 45 degrees, literally in the worst physical state ever. And everybody had passed me. Uh, <laughs> and I never, ever recovered from that. That hill broke me. Uh, beyond belief, and uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was it was certainly. So, however, however, such as your grandfather and, and others did that in drill boots is just. You've got to wear drill boots, and you would you'll know straight away. Is all I'll say. It's just mind blowing, mind blowing feat of of achievement. My granddad was a tough old bastard. There's no two ways about it. I remember him coming up to... I'm originally from... Well, I grew up in Resyth because my dad was also in the Royal Navy. So I grew up in the Resyth dockyard area. Yeah. My granddad came up to visit and he was 64 and he was doing flags on the lampposts. You know, like a you know, like a flag. Really? Wow. The horizontal at 64, eh? He was just a, a mean, tough Really? Bloody hell. He finished off as a... What, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Finished up as a W02 uh, Marines. Did he? 
Yeah, he went like, but he was a career marine, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love these stories. I love these stories. These old uh, military guys, and they're just savages. And, and oh they, god, it's just just next level. I mean, they wouldn't even think of it. That yeah, way. they just they just seen themselves as men. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'd go and they'd go and fight. Have yeah, a fight. <laughs> yeah. That's mate. That's what it was. It, it was one tip like back in the day with with those boys. It's just it was it was work hard, play hard, and and mm-hmm. and hard they epitomised like burning the candle at both ends, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they were just unbelievable, unbelievable mentality and and yeah, mental, crazy, crazy. I've always thought um, I've done quite a bit of running around about the Highlands. So this is why you know. You're up around of that area. If you've ever done any running through, you know the hills or, or through fields or on trails around there, some of the land is. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny. This is it. was one of the most soul destroying things in my life. So I did. Um, I've done Glencoe Marathon twice. The first time, right. passed down the rain. It was pissing down the rain. They almost cancelled it. They let it go. There's no mile markers. So you know when you feel like you've been running for a long time? Like, yeah. I must have done it. And I'm going, I must have done a good difference. I'm looking at my watch. So <laughs> we come to this bog. We come to this bog before you get to the uh, the Devil Staircase in Glencoe. Mate, and I've done the Devil it. Staircase. Well, there's a bog when you come from... <laughs> absolutely honking. There was a, a marshal standing at the end of the bog right before, right at the bottom of the Devil Staircase. And I went to him. I goes, I, I was an hour 47. I said, how far have we went, mate? He goes, about six miles. Like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? I lost my shoes. I lost my shoes in the bog. I was sliding about. He went, oh, my God. And you just think, fuck, man. Because, you know, that, that road at the back of the at the Devil Staircase is the old military road. That's yeah, it leads you down to... Kenlock. Kenlock Leaven, mate. Yeah. This is, listen yeah. to this. So... We did a, the US Marines came over and did three weeks uh, training with us in Scotland. Uh, and in classic kind of like Royal Marine style, we just beasted up and down mountains. <laughs> and on day one, we did uh, Ben Nevis up the climbers route yeah. uh, with full kit, full Bergens and everything. Uh, halfway up, we had to top flap all their Bergens because they couldn't carry them. And then near the summit, some of them were like crawling on their hands and knees and like literally like clinging on to life. We're just completely broken. It were unbelievable. And then once we got down from Ben Nevis, round about lunchtime, early 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 afternoon, we went and did Devil Staircase. <laughs> uh, and and, and some mate, some at US Marines got off and they were just saying like, uh, like I need to get me a Devil's Escalator. <laughs> <laughs> This, yeah, this, that, this is a nice segue. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Alan. This is a, this is a nice segue for this. So I, I, I've I've spoke to you know I've got a few friends who are RAF and stuff. And you know, what 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 was your um, well, who's who's better, our guys or their guys? Oh, we 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 hands down better, mate. I mean, in terms of in terms of being the complete soldier and the mentality and that robustness and that resilience and that. That ability to to crack on when 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 the chips are down, when to 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 be effective with limited kit so is what separate what separates us from from anybody else in, in the world. I mean, Americans they've got all the kit, they look amazing, but all the best weapons. 
this is what this is what my pal this is what my pal, uh, my pal yeah was, I mean when we when we when we were going up Ben Nevis uh-huh. sorry mate when, when we were going up Ben Nevis they were they were just like saying like why are you doing this we just we just get helicopters they just like they say, <laughs> they're just saying you're fucking stupid why would you do this and uh, how I mean yeah we. I think his perception of events as well in terms of uh, they're like a kind of a shoot shoot first and think 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 later kind of mentality and and and, and I say we're, we're hands down better we we're not they are good they are very very good I mean we went over there for three weeks and we did some training where we were fighting in, in urban areas in 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 uh, in Quantico Virginia in in mock villages that, and there were. They were absolutely superb. The US Marines were superb. The lessons that they'd learned from Fallujah and from Iraq and how they'd applied them to their training was we learned a lot there. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to take anything away from them. They were they were they were they were absolutely superb with 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 kind of contemporary urban urban warfare. So what um what my what my friends have told me, uh, so one of my friends was a, a weapons technician in RAF. And a few other guys who are in army and stuff, and you know, a few other guys who are in RAF, they've all said to me, um, they've got all the kit, they've got all the kit in the world, the best of everything. Our guys are fucking better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want, yeah. I just want, I just wanted to hear it from my marine self. That was all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's 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 completely true, mate. It's completely true. It's it's that. It's it's having that that ability to cuff it. To just be like, just to get on with it. Uh, it, it's all mental, and and just because because we're always we're always a country like the same example with with, with COVID and NHS, no PPE. We're having to like bastardize everything and just crack on with whatever you can get your hands on. It's like we, we ne- we've never got enough or the right kit. It always happens after a big event, like after this COVID. Now there'll be PPE coming out of people's ears. And it was same with Afghan. Afghan kind of exposed the British military in terms of our kit. It's hell of a lot better now. Uh, but we are always behind. We're always behind the curve in terms of having the right stuff and the best stuff. We always have to make do and and, and get on with, with with not the right equipment. And, and that is what makes us the best. Yeah, definitely. So you were saying, were you based at 4-5 in our bro thing? Where you've been talking to Scotland? Yeah, so and I uh, I went to FP. I put in for 41st because I, when we were going through training, Afghan were kicking off, and we we, we were told explicitly that uh, once you once you finish training, you'd be going straight out to Afghan, and they were still back end of Iraq as well. So uh, you knew that that's where you were going, and and you know what? I I was praying to go like that's that's why I joined. I wanted to go straight on operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put in for 40. Uh, I didn't get it. Uh, I went to FPG, but I was happy with FPG RM Fleet Protection Group. Uh, they look after like all the subs and the and the and the, and the weapons up there. Uh, and I just did. I did six months, kind of behind the wire, looking like in a, like a, a bit of a force protection role. And then I I went on like a small selection to go on FSRT Fleet Standby Rifle Troop, which is like a a non-compliant boarding element to the raw marines which uh you like readily readily deployable and available for anything that happens security or military 
uh, and I had a great time on there. Met, did some did some, some some good ops and stuff. Yeah. So was that was that Fazlane then? At the time, Fazlane. That's right, that mate. Fazlane. Fazlane. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of mates that joined up not long after me, but they were um, four or five at our broth. Eh? So I just wondering if you'd ever cross paths with them potentially. Yeah, no, I, I never went to four or five, mate. Okay. No, I, I couldn't. I, uh, I, I, I just. I had a bit of a strange experience in 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 Scotland, it, and I know it's 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 kind of our fault. No matter where where you go, we we do, we just tarnish and destroy the the local <laughs> the local people, and they absolutely hated us. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you, like you guys absolutely hated us, and rightfully so. I mean, as behaviour and conduct in these little areas where camps are is is. I've got um, I've got I've got quite a few friends in our broth, and um, they always told me that the uh, when the lads came out from Condor, it was fucking carnage and <laughs> fucking carnage. So yeah, yeah, um, it, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's just fucking crazy, mate. Yeah, but then you can't you can't expect, <laughs> you can't expect uh, you can't, I mean to do what you guys are doing. And you know, knowing you're going to deploy to Afghan or something like that, you've got to be a little bit fucking crazy to want to do it, mm. to, to be mm. excited to do it. So, what do you expect when you get guys like that? You know, alcohol. You know, fuck, it's going to happen. You have to be a little bit on edge, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. Pressure, yeah, absolutely, Abs- absolutely. I think the drinking culture has changed a lot. I mean, when I when when I when I started in the Marines, it were like it were encouraged to be a, like a social hand grenade in the Marines. It were just like, it were literally like go out, drink and just get involved in, in anything. You, you kind of felt like you were above the law. It was mental. It really, it were just, yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, lads had, lads had come in, come off the piss at like six in the morning, still in the, in the going out shoes, the jeans and the shirts, and they'd have to jump straight in and do a, do a troop run. In, in what they were wearing from the night before, like absolutely out the red on drink. It was it were a crazy culture back then, and I, I have heard it's all changed. And, and maybe 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 it's, it can only be a good I've, thing, really. Uh, so I um, I I own a, a, a car recovery business, uh, Gareth. So I pick up cars for insurance companies when they've been crashed, and I am fairly regularly at, um, at Lookers, um, fairly fairly regularly at Lookers. And it's always lads that have uh, had an accident at, you know, fucking three o'clock in the morning and put a car in the field and all this kind of stuff. So really, um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much it's changed. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite fairly regularly. Um, I mean, ultimately, so- ultimately, I've, I've wrote about I've wrote about this in the book as well. When you get a lot of lads together, like rugby lads, uh, yeah. lads in the Marines. When you get a bunch of lads together that are all of kind of like the same mentality, mm. I hate to word the the word alpha male, uh, but that kind of hierarchy. Every, everybody's trying to, yeah, everybody's like trying to establish their own like how masculine they are and the the power yeah. and the within the group. You always drink, always comes into it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And when and and yeah, and it, it just does. It's it's a strange thing that happens when you get a, a, a group of men together. 
but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, interesting, mate. It, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. It no, doesn't surprise no. me at all. No, I'm fairly right. It's actually it's one of the, you know one of the the, the the funniest things you can do. So. Whenever I go in some place, you know, wherever I'm going for work, I'm always nice and friendly. How are you doing? You have a joke. You know, if you go to these places. So the first time I ever went to to, to Lucas, the guy said, stand over there, take a picture. Stand there, like take a picture and said, you know, the guy took the picture. Went, you, want me to, you want me to sign it for you? As a joke. <laughs> You're just trying to icebreaker. He just straight face, no smile. There was no humour at all. It was like, no. Just straight. No, no I don't. No. <laughs> All right, it's, it's not, not that kind. Of, it's not that kind of place, then, is it? Um, but they're so, so so the guys in the gatehouse were so serious, so serious. Yeah. Once, yeah. once you got in, once you got inside your pass, everybody's fucking about and joking and laughing. And the guys in the gate were were uh, and every base I've ever been in are super serious. There's no there's no uh, messing about with those lads. But the guys inside yeah. are fine. But yeah, it's always funny when you go to a gatehouse. It's uh, yeah, very, yeah, very. very I suppose they have to be serious, don't they? But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> always, it, always, it always makes you laugh when you're trying to have a joke and somebody just shoots you down with a fucking death stare and you go, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> thank, oh. Thank, thank you for your service. Uh, I'll put myself out. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. How, how, how many uh, how many tours did you do Afghan? Yeah. So, like, unbelievably, mate, I missed Afghan. Yeah, I did. I went to Iraq twice. I went to Iraq uh, first when the lads got captured by the Iranians. So I went out uh, like twenty, like within twenty-four hours after they got taken. Uh, and then I went again and did. I escorted some kind, of, some like logistical kits, some like weapons and 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 and, and transport from. From Malta into Umkazar, then we did some training with US, uh, sorry, with uh, Iraqi Marines. Did a bit of a training element there, and then I did some some counter piracy stuff off coast of Somalia. I did once I was in uh, when we were in Cyprus in Akateri. I literally got so fed up, and I phoned phoned my uh, my old sergeant major up at FPG, and I said, I said, can you get me a draft so I can get out to Afghan? And he said, where do you want to go? And I said, I, I want to get out of Scotland. I want to, uh, I have a 40 or 42. And he, he phoned me back and he went, I can get you to 4-5 straight away. You can literally go next week. And I said, I, didn't, I just didn't want to. I wanted to, I wanted to get out of Scotland and just and just go, head, head south a bit. Uh, and yeah, I kind of dodged it. Something really, really strange though, mate. And I've got to be really, really honest here and, with myself and and and, I've, and again I've been like I've been really honest in the book I uh you think you're invincible when you when you leave training you really do and you think you, you just think that you can't be killed you, 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 you they kind of drum it into you that if you've got a green lid on your head you, you can literally walk on water and you do believe that do you know what I mean you think that you're just invincible and uh they stood us up after final election, there were only 11 originals that passed out out of 51 lads. And they stood us up at end of final election. They said, statistics say that three or four of you like, will get will get killed. And, and they're only a pool of 11. Uh, and, and some of you will get injured. And we were like looking around thinking, like, fuck, you know, like, is this just mind games or is this, is this, is this gem? And, uh, mate, it came true. It came true within, within, within a year. 
Tom Curry, who were King's Badger, who were my best mate in training, got killed. Uh, and I'd only just spoke to him just prior and, and I was saying, mate, I can't believe you're going to go and get like trigger time and you're going to get a medal and all this. And we were, we were absolutely buzzing to be going and I were really envious of him. And then he got killed and it really, really changed me, mate. It really changed me. When the last, when, I mean, Ben Ben Reddy, Ben Watley and Tom got killed and uh, another lad, Craig Wilson, got shot in the wrist just as you were entering drug run fort. It's like everybody were getting shot and killed. And there are only 11 of us. And, I, and my cloak of invincibility kind of came off and I thought, I felt vulnerable. And, and in the end, I were kind of, kind of relieved that I never went because I, I thought it had my number. I absolutely thought Afghan had my number. And then I left and I, I thought, if, if I don't put this right, I'm going to live to regret this. So I applied for, for two or three years to get hostile doing CP. Uh, and I eventually... Uh, I, I, after three years, I got offered a job with Olive Group to go out doing uh, close protection in Iraq. Uh, and at the same time, I got an offer uh, to go out to Afghan and do close protection in Afghan. And Afghan at that time were, were still kicking off and it was still still hot kind of thing. So I chose Afghan to put it right, but I must admit I was, I was scared to death of going. Mm. Absolutely scared to death. But I thought, unless I go and confront this, I'll never be able to live with myself and and I'm just thankful I did. Yeah. That's um Yeah, must be an extremely difficult thing to to do knowing that people you know have not made it and Yeah, I mean I, I just I just I don't know it was like the it was like the like the I don't know like the boogeyman I just I just had this like internal feeling yeah. that, 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 that something were going to go wrong there, do you know what I mean? But I had to confront it. I had to go out there and, and put it right. And, uh, and yeah, I did. And, 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 I'm, and I'm, I'm really, really glad I've done it. Do you know what I mean? I'm glad yeah. I put that to bed because I never really would have been able to live with myself not going. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. That makes sense to yeah, me. It does, yeah. it does make sense to non-combatants. It still makes sense, you know what I mean? One of those things that you have to, you have to put right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I mean, CP. I mean, it is a is a is a tricky role. I mean, we we got the the project didn't start in Afghan for for quite some time, really. So we were kind of locked down on bases and stuff. But we started doing a few moves and started our main role out there was to look out at communications engineers that were teaching the Afghan army how to use radios. So we were like going into classrooms and and just watching. American mentors teach and teach officers how to use radios and just watching that they didn't detonate or 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 or, or, or attack the mentors and us. So we did that, but it was it was it, yeah. It was, I mean that that year and year and a bit in Afghan were unbelievable, really. How um, how successful was was the training of um, you know Iraqis or, or Afghans? Was that a successful thing, or did did those guys end up in in ISIS or what? How did yeah, I mean, God, I mean, how can you even evaluate it? It just, just a massive mess, mate, for me seeing yeah. it. Just, yeah. there'd been a lot of training invested into into them. The, the, there were crates of weapons that were getting delivered just as I left Afghan in two thousand and fourteen, and and comms gear from America, like crates and crates for M sixteens and M fours for the Afghan Afghan National Army and. Uh, They just had no confidence at all in them being able to protect the country. 
and and it, it was just it just a mess. And whenever like convoys of, of them would go out in Elmond, like you'd hear stories of convoys of them going out in Elmond, like the the Afghan National Army and uh, the Taliban would whack them in ambushes and kill them all. The, the, mm. the, 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 the Taliban were kind of all over them. Uh, it, 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 it were just I just I personally do not know what was achieved in Afghan in 10 years I don't know what was achieved I don't think you can you can you can call it a success at all yeah, yeah. no I certainly looking at it from an outsider's point of view obviously it, it definitely looks like it's been a bit of a I'm not even a stalemate, I suppose. It just seems to have not really changed a huge amount, unfortunately, when you think of the... It, it the doesn't change it, mate. It doesn't change it, mate. I mean, the, it's it's really strange, you know. I've been to like all, I've been to all the Middle Eastern countries. I've, I did two years working in Egypt during, during the, uh, the the revolution and stuff. And Egypt, for me, is is kind of like the most most deprived and... It's very mucky. It's just it's just a very awful place, Egypt. I'm, 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 it's the worst place I've ever been in my life. I'll put it that way. Afghan could be good. It could be all right. Do you know what I mean? If mm. if the people were given a chance and they could they could get themselves right, it could it could be all right. It's it's nowhere near as bad as Egypt in terms of how it looks. And yeah. and, and they've got some. I mean, I got a helicopter from. Uh, from Gardez, a small camp in the mountains to wrap to a few other camps and then back to Kabul and, and some of the scenery is unbelievable in yeah. the mountains. It's unbelievable. It's it's it could be a beautiful country, but they're so stuck in the past, yeah, uh, and kind of cut off from the world that uh, it's just very difficult for them, I think. And oh, yeah, you're trying you're trying to you know. America and Britain were trying to change a country that is just not ready to change. That's it, mate. It is. It is. I mean, it's. Uh, they don't want to change. Yeah. We we we're trying to ch- we're trying to change a region, a country, a, a a part of the planet that 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 doesn't want to change really. And and and, and Afghan is definitely uh, so far back in time. It's it's trapped in. It's prehistoric. It's crazy. I mean, there's. They're on horse and cart, and yeah. it's just mental. It's it's, it's yeah. crazy. Trying to trying yeah. to place trying to place a, a, a democracy and a, a you know a Western government into a country where they are on you know on the donkey going to get war. Yeah, mate, it is. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely that. It's uh, yeah, and and I had the same kind of feeling in Iraq, mate. I just I just looked around and I just thought, what are we doing? Yes. Like, mm. what 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 can possibly be achieved here what is the what what are we doing i, I just just baffled me yeah other than yeah. other than you know, obviously it highlighted the issue with with kit and you know our guys are obviously it, now it, very good at and not you know urban uh, you know these, these, yeah uh, i mean, I mean yeah i mean there, there was so there was so much there was so much learned i think in in, in Iraq, in that sense, in terms of fighting in, in, in built-up areas and stuff, and there was there were so many learning points from errors that were made. I think, I think, yeah. I think, looking back on it, it were a complete farce, Iraq. Mm. I suppose it is. I suppose it is. I know we're we're kind of winding down because I know you're needing to get off, Gareth. But just before we go, um, 
I've again read the story on your social media, but you've you mentioned a few times your book and the diary that formed the basis of it. You want to talk us through how how the diary appeared in your life and the the story? Sure, mate. Sure, sure. So obviously, I've I've told you about my I suppose my my schooling and stuff and my lack of reading ability and how it just came out the blue. But I literally, when I was going down to start training, uh, my mum and my uncle took me, they were in tears. And just before I got on the train, she chucked me a diary and just said, write something down. Uh, Anything just in case times get hard. And my mum were always a bit like that, just a bit too emotional. And just, I was just like, fucking shut up. (laughs) <laughs> and it it, 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 it were a bit like that. And I was like, all right, give it here. And, and, and I took the diary off her and uh, kind of discarded it, really. And then on the way down, I had a couple of phone calls off people and wishing me well and stuff. And I, I just, I don't know, I just opened it and just wrote in it how I were feeling. And just from that moment on, I just, I don't, I've always, I've got OCD to this day, but I always have done. I don't know whether it started with, with the rugby and stuff, but a bit OCD, I, I, once I, I get into these habitual behaviours very, very easily, whether they're positive or negative, and uh, I just maintained it. I just felt compelled to maintain it, and I did it every single day. And once I'd done a week, I just I just thought, I can't not do two weeks. And then before I knew it, again, I'd just built this momentum. And looking back on it now, and, and some of the stuff I've wrote in there, just pure gold. It's just, it's just class. One of the entries is, is where we were at the bottom of Heartbreak Lane and, and a bit of mud gets kicked onto uh, Bondi, the PTIs, uh, like the like Reebok Classics white ones that all the PTIs wear, and they were spotless, like nothing was on them. This mud falls onto it and he's, he's, he's like, no, no, what is this? What is this? And he calls me out and he tell he's telling me, he calls me out and I have to tell the mud off for landing on his shoe and it's just... <laughs> Just superb, do you know what I mean? It's it's just like all little stuff like that 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 you just miss. Like there were some flies left on the windowsill, and one lad had to eat them because two flies had died on his watch. And it just, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, yeah, just, just some some of the stuff. But it it definitely puts you in training like nothing else can. I I think. It it, it it just puts you there and, and and yeah, I'm just really, really happy that I kept it and, and happy that chuffing hell that my mum that my mum threw me is is crazy. The yeah. curveball in that's mental. We spoke yeah. a few times about fate having a hand in your life, Gareth, and it seems like yeah. fate threw another another one. Because as you see, those moments of gold, you wouldn't remember them six months, a year down the line. Because Maybe you can't, else. you can't, no, no. you can't, you can't, unless you've written like, it, 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 it. Yeah, if I didn't have the diary now. I wouldn't be able to talk about training like I can. Yeah. And if I think about training now, all I can remember of it is like photographs, like snapshots in time. Yeah. They're not. They're not like video memories. I can't remember like they're like I've got snapshots of, of certain bits, but the all all of it is just completely blur. And in some cases, I look back at back at it in rose tinted glasses, as you do with all kind of extremely difficult periods in your life your mind always finds a way of of making it all right and not as bad yeah so the 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 diary and keeping that day-to-day uh log of 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 how i felt and everything i mean i even put smiley faces and 
and sad faces and and all stuff like that. It's just yeah, it's good. It's mental. It's yeah. funny because I've got uh, two teenage sons. I've got three kids in total, uh, a daughter as well. But my youngest teenage son's 16 and he's thinking about leaving school and considering the military as an option. Yeah, I've been trying to steer him towards the Marines more than, you know, the Pongos. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so things Tell like that will be massive for him. Absolutely, mate. And he can text to call me anytime he wants, mate. Uh, it, it, it's definitely something that, it absolutely changes your life without a shadow of a doubt. And, and and I didn't always appreciate it when I was younger. I didn't always conduct myself in, in the way I should have done during and when, when I got my green lid. Uh, but that's 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 age. That's been a young lad. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, um, well, I'll, um, I'm going to order one of you. I know, I know I've seen your... Um, your t-shirts are up on on your on your uh, your site now, so I'll order one of those. Um, Mate, I really appreciate the support, yeah. guys. Yeah, they're up there now, pre-order. I think they'll be uh, that ends in a week, uh, and then round about the first of July, twenty ninth of June, first of July, they'll they'll they will be they will have been dispatched by then. So they'll just go off. But appreciate the support, guys. Yeah, man, I'll get one of those ordered up, and um, yeah, I think I think I seen. Do you have patches coming? I have, mate. Yeah, I've got some. I've, I've that's the 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 nightmare that that has created. Trying to get a patch patch done has been unbelievable. <laughs> Just quickly, I I literally I sent off uh, the the publishing agent said, "Have I got permission to use uh, Royal Marines in the title and the patch? They're becoming the one percent patch." So I did all this investigation, spoke to the Royal Marines. They were completely cool with it. They were like, "Yeah, we think it's hoofing, brilliant." And then I got in touch with the MOD uh, copyright and it, it went a bit nuclear. And they were saying, you, you can't use it. You, you're ripping it off and, and all this and all that. And they got in touch with a lawyer. So I've been I've been on with that for about four or five weeks. But literally uh, about two weeks ago, they came back and said, I can use everything. They're happy with it. Uh, so okay. so okay. it's been a complete game changer. But yeah, I've got patches coming on, uh, Velcro patches as well, uh, rubber okay, patches. The, um... I'll get uh, the uh, I'll get I'll get a patch for my my gi for jiu-jitsu and uh, I'll get one of the, I'll get one of your t-shirts as well, mate. That'd be cool. Mate, that'll be yeah, so absolutely superb. Just just drop me a text before you do, mate, and and, and let me know when you're going to do that. And, and and again, guys, if you can just if you just uh just drop me your your, your name or your, your like your 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 podcast and your and your your personal Instagram handles, I'll follow you and I'll and I'll share your stuff. Cool, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you out there. That's awesome. Just before we do start, because as you said, you need to get away, Gareth. Yeah, we appreciate we'll, we'll, business we'll, we'll, Just we'll, for anyone that wants to find out more, get in touch with you. Where can they find you on social media? Where can they get you? We'll yes, mate. The- so, absolutely. So, I'm on Instagram, becoming the 0.1%, uh, becoming the 0.1% on Facebook, which is a Facebook page, uh, Twitter, Gareth Timmins, LinkedIn, Gareth Timmins. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So, 0.1% becoming the not put one percent is where is where you'll find me on on, on socials. Awesome. Yeah, tag that into the show notes as well. But we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll let you we'll let you we'll let you crack on and give give yourself ten minutes before your next uh, Zoom call, uh, Gareth. But thank you very much for your time. It was a uh, a pleasure. No, it's been a pleasure, guys. Like I said, pleasure meeting you fellas, and uh, I really wish you the best of luck with with your future your future endeavours on this. And, and and thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Yeah, likewise. Likewise, to, to use your language, it was a hoofing chat, Royal. 
It's been hoofing royal. Thanks very much, Gareth. Gareth, tell me, Jason, make me one Sally Goose Gang podcast. Cheers,